are listening to the Birth Bruja podcast, an extension of birthbruja.com. We are an online educational platform devoted to decolonial approaches to healing and reproductive care. Here, friends, we get personal. We get political. We talk business. We talk shit. We talk pleasure. We learn and unlearn and find growth by embodying practices of healing and justice. We are your hosts. My name is Eric Guajardo Johnson, and my pronouns are she, they. And my name is Mickey McHenry. My pronouns are she, her. Let's dive in. Sweet listeners, this episode is way overdue. I am joined by two extraordinary humans who have been online friends and they are hilarious, they are brilliant, they are tenacious, and they both make really beautiful babies. Um, and with that heartfelt and awkward opening, I would like to welcome uh, Guramnit Lebron and Emily Rodriguez to the Birth Bruja podcast. Hi, friends. Hi, love. Greetings. <laughs> so we have a lot to dive into. Um, before I officially launch, I just want to thank both of y'all uh, publicly on the interwebs. I just want to thank you for being so supportive of me and the Birth Bruja platform for, I don't know, was it two years now? I think it's longer. Maybe oh, only least. two years, but me, it's at least like four now. Oh my gosh, you're right. Yeah, it was yeah. Michigan. Oh, we're all yeah. oh, we're so old friends. Yeah. <laughs> just this is just such a beautiful example of the power of yeah, online community. Um, and how still to this day we haven't met in person, which is offensive if you think about it, but I want to blame the pandemic. Um, and but just still how much your your personalities and also your contributions to the reproductive movement in the states just I just want to thank you for showing up so powerfully for yourself and others so thank you thank Um, you so much yeah it's like a you know it's our calling (laughs) I'm like do we have choices (laughs) community needs it you know yeah yeah so actually Em would you mind starting us off by introducing yourself um sharing any aspects of your identity that you want to share and also to share your pronouns. Yeah. Hi, I'm Emily Rodriguez. She and her. Um, I, I want to add, like, we make beautiful babies now to my, um, I don't know, LinkedIn. Like, that was such a great <laughs> yes intro. <laughs> and, you know, yes, we do have individual kids, Um each, but at the same time, like this is our baby too. So we make multiple beautiful babies. Um, yes. So yeah, I'm I'm a traditional birth and postpartum doula. I'm a mom. I'm an unschooler. Um, I uh, am a founder of uh, the Bridge Directory, um, based out of the Bronx, New York. Um, I'm also the founder of Ashe Birthing Services, which is a small group of birth and postpartum doulas also based out of the Bronx. And um, I'm really happy to be here. Thank you. Gee, will you please go next? Yes. Hi, I'm Garamert Lebron. She, her. 
I am located in the Bronx, and it is possible that you may hear my toddler um, or a dog barking. The dog is not mine. My neighbor's dog wanders the hallways. So (laughs) life in an apartment in the Bronx. Um, I am a birth and postpartum doula, lactation and feeding specialist, and I'm in school again. I feel like it's so bananas to just say that out loud. Um, in school again, <laughs> pursuing my master's in infant and maternal nutrition. Um, and hopefully one day I can be an IBCLC, internationally board certified lactation consultant, so I can serve our community because there ain't enough brown lactation consultants out there. And um, yeah, I'm a mom. I make a beautiful baby. I'm hopefully making another one very soon. Um and Logan wants to build a snowman, uh, but it is spring. Um, yeah, also one of the founders of the Bridge Directory, and Emily and I are forever in a love affair. I'm going to say this on any platform that we're on. It's just going to be a thing. We just have many dreams together, and we work really well together in partnership, and we just give birth to many things together, and we're really excited to to be with you and connect with you, and I'm like honored to be on your podcast because like this is where I found you when I was looking for podcast as a new doula (laughs) and now here I am (laughs) oh my gosh I have the biggest like shit-eating grin on my face (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah yeah you two are for sure a power couple (laughs) I also am so excited to continue to see what y'all birth together professionally but also not professionally because right? Meaningful shit doesn't always mean we get paid or have websites for it. So, so that being said, um, so yeah, listeners, today's episode is going to focus on the gestation and the birth of this incredible project, um, which is the bridge. And before we do that, I really wanted uh, to connect with you, Emma G, to hear about your stories individually and together, because there's a lot of community organizing with reproductive care workers across the country. And there's a lot of folks who are creating, quote unquote, kind of like something out of nothing, you know, and and it's really easy to feel hyper individualized, you know, like, or like, we're the only ones doing the work. It can feel like if we have families, if we have other jobs, like there's just so many barriers. And one of my goals with this podcast is for people to hear your stories, to hear any barriers, to hear any um, I don't know, aspects of privilege or gifts, right, that really nourished you along the way um, to make, to help make this happen. And then, of course, I want to dive in to hearing about, again, the birth and what it's been like um, since the bridge has been a full-on open thing. So that's the outline. And if I get caught up in anything outside of that outline, please, both of you, redirect me aggressively. Agreed? (laughs) Gave us consent. Exactly. (laughs) Oh, I like it like a little rough sometimes. Oh, baby. Oh, man. Okay. So before we go down that rabbit hole, let us talk about you guys individually. Who would like to go first? And if one of y'all can just start by talking about what brought you to reproductive care and then your first thoughts when you met each other. So this is Emily. I So my background is in veterinary medicine um, and medical anthropology. I studied birth in the United States. 
And, um, and despite being a specialist, quote unquote, in birth, um, I still didn't, still didn't know very much about my body or what to expect when I became pregnant. And so that was a huge learning curve. I remember like waking up one day and my areolas and um, nipples were like five shades darker. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? Because nobody <laughs> told me that. And so um, I met with an elder um, in Brooklyn and uh, started going to a hospital and as a tourist who, you know, I called it a special relationship with control yesterday. And I really like that. So I'm going to keep saying it. Um, you know, I wanted to have candles at my birth and at hospitals, you can't do that because it's a fire hazard. <laughs> so I feel like that's what really made me look into giving birth at a birthing center. And then um, the elder was like, why don't you just give birth at home? And I was like, really? So I met with um, a home birth midwife and had a really awesome, empowering birth experience. Um, and I had doula support. And, and ever since then, I became a doula. So that was my path into reproductive justice, combining those two lenses of like biomedicine and anthropology to then inform my care as a birth worker um, in action. And um, that was seven years ago. So, you know, I feel like it really informed my work for the Bridge Directory, which has been um, a dream of mine for the last four years. And when we, when you were talking about barriers, I think this is really an important conversation to be had because a lot of people see the end result and they're like, whoa, like, how the hell did you guys do that? You know, how did you get funding, <laughs> you know, or did this come out of your pockets? Like, and, and the reality is, is, is it took four years to build and we had a lot of help. And so um, I'm really happy to be talking about it um, from, from this perspective, this real perspective, um, you know, with you both. That was really great. And I'm also going to interrupt that perfect conversation pause that you provided by asking you to then tell us your version of how you met Guramrit. Like, what were you wearing? <laughs> what did you feel? We want the important details. I love origin stories. Okay. <laughs> I don't remember what I was wearing, but it was probably pajamas. Um, and... <laughs> I, I had heard of her through um, Tanya Wills at Manhattan Birth, and I heard that her and I were very alike. And so I started following her on Instagram, and then I was like, hey, and she was like, hey, I don't know who reached out to whom first, she probably remembers. And um, and then, right, G? Like, and then we just started talking on Instagram, and then I was like, want to come over? Yeah, like super blind datey and kind of, you know, I was like, sure. <laughs> I actually do remember what you were wearing. <laughs> Small yeah. Yes. yes, you know your Yoni um, pineapple juice shirt? Yes. That's the shirt you were wearing. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Um, and you made me delicious tea and that was great. I don't know. It was like... Love at first Instagram stalking. And I just think like that's just the three of like all of us here, like our relationship started on social media, like you mentioned, and just here we are. And it's wonderful. And I'm very, I'm very grateful for social media for that reason. <laughs> well, shit, now that we're doing this, I realize that when we meet in real life, I'm really going to have to think about my outfit 
And just so that when we tell our origin story, we could say what we wore. And I, I wanted to be, and the quote, you just said, I woke up in my areolas and you paused. And you're, <laughs> then you said, we're five shades darker. But, and then like, that's so profound. You woke up in your areolas. That's the shirt I want to be wearing. I love that. Yo, Emily, that'll be our next um, venture when we make more shirts. Because, you know, Emily and I, we've also designed shirts for Ashe. So, like, maybe that'll be the next ones. I woke up. Areola's darker. You know, some, like, profound slam poetry about our our breasts. And, yeah, I'm I'm all for it now. (laughs) Obviously, I'm... I can serve as a muse in this cocktail. Yes, um, please. So there we go. Okay. So, though, though I envisioned you, uh, you know, meeting us in leather of sorts, I don't know why. So <laughs> <laughs> please entertain that. <laughs> you submit requests. You're like, and that, that was featured. <laughs> April 2nd uh, in your stories, please. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But for real though, y'all, okay, now I'm totally getting off. See, this is what happens when you hang out with friends on a podcast. I would love as a side note to have a conversation specifically around uh, sex and kink and, mm-hmm. um, oh fuck, what's the word? When we do things where we, it's, it feels taboo where it's like, it's both, we're like, can be bring up shame, but also we're like still doing it. What is that? Anyways, I want to talk about all that stuff in relation to our work in reproductive care. And when you said leather, that's what I thought of. Okay, so now that that is out there on the records of things that need to happen, let's come back to this conversation. Gudamna, please share your journey of like what brought you into into reproductive care. Um, And is there any big things you want to share in that journey before you met Emily and then of course what was your experience meeting Emily for the first time yeah so like I feel like she's I mean I don't mean to gush over her but I mean I could every day but like I feel like she's played such a pivotal role in my growth as a birth worker and has really helped and mentored me and shaped me as a person just in the last like three years of us being friends. It feels like we've been friends for lifetimes and now we're family and um, she's just, she can never get rid of me. But I came into this work. <laughs> um, I came into this work, not really I I wasn't fully passionate about this initially. I was really hesitant and resistant um, because I have a journalism background, uh, journalism and psychology. And my my other side vision was like, I'm going to go to culinary school and I'm going to open a restaurant. I'm going to work. And then I was like, no, I'm going to work. I'm going to work at a food magazine. Um, I actually ended up working at a parenting magazine for a couple of years and then ended up in marketing and somehow stumbled into uh, the path of holistic nutrition. And somehow, I, as I was trying to explore my own body and um, really understand my fertility, I really just, I went down a rabbit hole that I couldn't escape from. And I developed a passion and unlocked a passion that I didn't know was there. And I finally went to that, you know, that BS three-day training 
But, you know, in that moment of being there and being the only brown person in that entire room, I was like, oh, shit, I'm supposed to be here. This is exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, I mean, I'm not, like, fully attending births right now, like, like crazy, but, you know, I'm definitely in alignment and on the path of what I want to be doing with my life. Um, it's interesting how it just keeps changing and it's ever flowing and growing and I'm definitely honored to to just trust my process. And if you would have asked me when I was 22, fresh out of college, I would be like, yeah, totally. I'm going to be at a magazine forever and like get all these cool perks and stuff. And now it's like working with Emily is that's the future (laughs) for me. Um, And just mothering myself and my children and being present. And I love this. I don't have to deal with all that capitalistic bullshit and going into an office. And I love this. This is wonderful. So I also, not only do I work with Emily in like a million different things, like I do work at Manhattan Birth, like um, Emily was saying. So that's, Tanya Wells was like, hey, check out Emily. I think Emily started following me first. And she definitely made the first move (laughs) and um, invited me over. And it's so funny because at the time, she actually only lived like 10 minutes away from me, which was totally bizarre. Just like how, and I think this really wraps into how the the birth world is, it's like large, but small, right? Especially for birth workers of of color. And like, you could have a person who's a doula like next door (laughs) and not know it. And basically Emily was next door to me. Um, so I showed up there and it was fixed your eyeballs. Okay. I'll give you a big kiss. Oh, sweetheart. Okay. Um, you know, it, we just instantly connected and it didn't feel like I was with a stranger and she was like, Hey, do you want to join Ashe? And then it became, Hey, like you're going to work with me on the bridge. And I was like, what is that? And she basically has roped me into anything and anything. And you know, we are work wives, work partners, and we have just so many things we want to do together. So, yeah. And she was beautiful then and now and you know, <laughs> hair then, um, like really, really long. And then like two weeks later, she like shaved her head and it was so amazing. <laughs> so... Well, first, I'm like getting so emotional because you you talk about me so nicely, G. Like I could just feel the love through the the microphone, and uh, I'm I feel the same way. And I'm just so honored that the universe brought us together um, because we we do make great babies. And you know, Ari, when you when you were talking about. you know, the things that we dream, I think that that's one of the things that I'm really thankful for our friendship is that we dream a lot together. But because we also have like, you know, we're both Tauruses and, you know, like twins, really, you know, we have other dreams as well. Like, you know, we're buying houses, like, you know, in the same area, she's going to have chickens, I'm going to have a garden, like we do want to have a restaurant later in life, you know, like, so I'm just excited and thankful that, um, yeah, that I met you, G, and that like you know, oh, we're wow. able to, to do all this beautiful work for our community, for ourselves, and that, you know, we center our friendship in all of it. And this is the Garamrit Emily Airy um, Love Fest podcast. Um. <laughs> loving, loving your love. Mm. Um, you know, one of the 
words that I would use to describe both of you, which is also really interesting considering we haven't met in real life, but it's the, it's the term or the word embodied. Both of you are so strongly embodied in this work. If I could also like wave a magic wand and have listeners be impacted, right, by some of the things in this episode, it's for people who feel isolated in in being a birth doula, for example. Um, maybe they're like one of the only birth workers of color, or one of the only, you know, queer uh, birth workers in the community, like folks who are feeling isolated and also folks who are really struggling with imposter syndrome where they feel like in order to do this work, they have to have all the trainings and I have to have the business card and the website and the blog and have to be a part-time model. And you know what I mean? Like, like the people who are, who are feeling really alone and not enough. I want them to hear this story and I want them to hear your love for yourselves and your families and your community and for each other. And I want them to feel it in their bones and in their heart. Um, because what y'all described in just your intros is how this is not a linear process. And also this is not like reproductive care is spiritual work. It's political. It is culinary work. It is literary work. It is research. Like, like you guys have drawn in so many threads and I love how the way you portrayed your stories is portrayed how y'all are leading with your heart and look at what you have accomplished, the people you called into your life and the things you have built by living with your heart rather than doing what a lot of people unfortunately feel pressured by, which is like letting society dictate how you're supposed to, right? How you should. Like, oh, to be a true authentic birth worker, you have to have like 12 births a month and you have to be doing overnights and postpartum care and you have to be suffering. And you know what I mean? Like there's so much, there's so much heaviness and rigidity and y'all are just fucking spaciousness and color. And I don't even know if this is making any sense anymore, but it that, does. That's, uh, <laughs> it does. I love your love. It, it, it does because we... Well, one, I think that we walk in abundance and that means that we don't walk in competition (laughs) and we don't drink the Kool-Aid of, you know, colonizers. (laughs) I'm writing that down. If there's a joint merchandise, I want that to be. (laughs) Don't drink the Kool-Aid from the colonizer. Like, you know, and, and that means that, you know, we... We're very mindful to keep our hearts and our hands open and so that the energy can flow. And and I think that that's one of our gifts that makes our endeavors successful. And when we don't have those blockages in our minds and we can already see that it exists, then anything is possible. All right. On that note, unless G, unless you wanted to jump in, I feel like this is a beautiful opening for this next transition, which is first of I'm like, I love that, that phrase to keep our hearts and our hands open. How, like what practices or what perspectives, what intentions have y'all been incorporating to keep that? Like as you're visioning and building something new, as you are encountering barriers, as well as your own inner demons, I imagine, right? How have you been able to maintain open hearts and open hands as you were building the bridge? Oh, man. 
That is an amazing question. I think, you know, one thing, I mean, Emily and I were part of a trio um, for the Bridge Directory and our partner, Nick, I'm actually like the last person to jump in <laughs> to this endeavor. But of course, anything that Emily has asked me to to do, I will, I will happily do that. But I think what's wonderful about our dynamic is we're very honest and upfront about our needs. And I think, I mean, we're getting better about that as, as we grow, of course, but I think like just having these honest conversations, um, we're, we're all mothers, we're, you know, partners, we're daughters and these spiritual beings navigating a human experience. Right. And recognizing that like there's different, we all fill different spots and, um, we can keep our hearts and hands open just by being very honest with ourselves. Like, yo, I'm tired today. I am not feeling it today. Um, this is what I'm bringing to the table. This is me. Like, hey, my toddler's crazy today. Or, hey, I'm, ha- I'm having a time. And um, I think that's really helped us reframe the way that we think working and the- reframe the way that we step into this space. And how we hold space for our community, too. It's just recognizing that, like, we don't need to show up in a very particular way. Of course, we're going to be courteous and, like, good people. (laughs) But, you know, showing up as we are, like, if our hair is crazy or if we haven't a day or if, you know, we we don't feel like wearing a bra today, like, that's cool. Um, Like, not giving into this notion that we have to adhere to this, like, patriarchal capitalistic bullshit and maybe we just need to take a break and that's like totally fine. Um, and that's really helped us welcome a lot of abundance. Um, like Emily says, we walk, we walk in abundance constantly. We have big dreams and big vision, but you know, we work hard, but we also acknowledge where we need to pause. Yeah. And I'll just add that, um, you know, when I think about community, I think about that, that we are the ones that we've been waiting for, you know, we have everything that we need within community and that's what really, fueled my dream and desire to not work within white spaces anymore. And so when I talk about, you know, walking with open hands and open heart, you know, I think that when the bridge was an idea, you know, I had to really see it to make it come to fruition. And nobody could tell me nothing, you know, like no one could tell me otherwise, because I could see it already. And it turns out that that because of, of these beautiful humans, Nicole and Garamrit, um, you know, Nicole Quintero being our other founder, uh, you know, we were able to actually make it better than I ever dreamed, you know, and, and that's the, the beauty in teamwork, you know, because it can't, you know, I feel like dreams can't start and stop with just you, you know? So much, so much richness in what you two just shared. And one of the big things that I am sitting with in reflection hearing you guys share is how important it is for us to find spaces that reflect aspects of our identity. On the coasts, in my experience, it's a little easier because there's a lot more diversity in concentrated areas. Um, And so being back in the Midwest uh, and also having lived in the suburbs of the Bay, I know that that can, that just can feel different. So I just want to remind folks that if y'all haven't already prioritized finding spaces, like if you're queer and most of your friends are straight, that's totally fine. 
and <laughs> y'all, you need to find a queer space. If you're a mixed race person like myself, for example, I'm mixed white and Mexican. If you're not finding yourself in spaces of, of all or primarily people of color, like friends, you have to do that because we can't talk about healing and justice while we are in patriarchal spaces, while we are residing predominantly in white spaces and straight spaces and Christian spaces. Um, it's crucial for our well-being um, and for the growth of this work. And I, that was kind of like one of the underbelly, I guess, of what y'all were talking about, Emily and Guramde, um, because I know that us three here, like we all are mixed race and uh, in addition to probably other spectrums of identities that are brought here, but um, just how important it was in your guys's story um, to be residing in BIPOC spaces and to be committed to building space specifically for Black, Indigenous, and, and people of color. I want to pause to see if there's anything that you want to reflect or restate, because that was that was a hot mess coming out of my mouth. But then I want to hear, actually, if you guys could share with us what the bridge directory actually is. <laughs> yes. Um, so first, I want to say that, like, even though, yes, I am mixed, I do identify as Black, um, also because society does. <laughs> You know, um, and while I do have privilege of being light skinned, this is my community, you know, and the community that I serve, you know, being mixed, man, we could have a whole podcast on that, you know, like we need to please. Uh, yeah, I know we we've been about talking this about this for a really long time because, yeah. you know, my mother, my white mother is racist. And so like that also fuels very much like my self-care and my shadow work that I do to hold space and ceremony, you know, and that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> so I feel like, you know, what's important to me is, is serving the people of New York City, because black and brown people in particular, um, have really shitty health care. And the bridge directory is a solution, one of many, um, to maternal mortality, which in New York City, if your viewers don't know, is 12 times white counterparts. And that was pre-pandemic. So I think that one of the things that, that we're passionate about and the thing that like people should know is that community always has the solutions to our problems. We don't need other people coming in and telling us solutions. We have them. We just need funding so that we can continue to make those solutions possible. Yeah, that that leads me to like... This, this whole notion that we need like these authority, not only just like authority figures, but like these, my God, I want to say like white authority figures, but this, these agencies and things that are going to fix our problems. I, I definitely feel like if we actually look and we go deeper, our people have the solution. We have the answers. We're having these conversations and... And we, we need to investigate further instead of trying to search outside of ourselves for those answers. And I, I think that's, that's also just a spiritual journey in and of itself. Um, yes. Just really looking closely within and recognizing, oh, someone in our this, – this leads me to this interesting thought. We have these monthly virtual brunches with our members. And, you know, 
as we get to know them, they drop these beautiful nuggets of wisdom. And one of our members said last month, I am the guru I've been looking for. I just needed, (laughs) he's like, I just needed to remind myself. And I was like, dang, that is so wise. And I feel like that applies to just like our vision for the bridge. And just as we continue to grow, like as, as people of color, as black people, as, you know, people in these spaces, like we are who we're looking for. We just need to remember and it's always been there. We just need to peel back those layers and like be given the opportunity. And as my beloved friend Emily likes to say, like we're not looking for a seat at the table. We make in a whole table. We bring in it. We bring in the chairs. We're bringing the you know what are those those called those charger plates, the place setting, like all of those things. We have that knowing, and a lot of it has been colonized and taken away from us. Like why the hell we got to pay for a doula training? to a big white organization who like has monopolized this space when like our people have been doing it for centuries, like, come on. (laughs) So like, we're trying to reinstill this notion that we know this, like, we know this, you have this inner knowing. And I'm, I'm definitely loving getting to know and walk with the professionals and and as we we grow and like meet the families and just reminding them that we are in it together and we can't walk it alone. Uh, see, you just so powerfully expressed how this work is so personal and so healing as well as professional. You know what I mean? Like like it's just yeah. it's just such a beautiful portrayal. And so my gather is what both of you just shared is like the spirit of the bridge directory. It's the why, right? With a capital W. For those who are hearing this for the first time, meeting y'all and hearing the bridge directory for the first time, can you please share just almost like logistically, what is it? When did it start? And um, where is it going? Yeah. So the bridge directory started four years ago when um, as a birth and postpartum doula, I started getting phone calls you know, from Black families who were looking for a a doula that was also Black that could represent them in um, the hospital and make sure that they didn't die. Like literally those were their phone calls. Um, And that led me to realize um, an, an absolute need in community to be able to find providers Um, that represent us, that speak our languages. In New York City alone, we speak over 500 languages. And yet, you know, there's no database that represents that. Um, And so Nicole Quintero, our other founder, was actually a client of mine. And she was one of those people that was um, trying to contact me um, because she wanted to be to like have advocacy and someone that understood her um, in the birthing room. And because of that, after she was postpartum, of course, you know, I started talking to her about this vision and then she was like, oh my gosh, like I'm actually, um, you know, a a coder and I worked at Google and now I work at Facebook and, and I want to help. And so that's how we kind of joined together to start really creating kind of what they call the MVP um, which is like the the basic products that you're you're you know putting out, and then like Garamrit said, you know um, 
I was like, please come join us because Gromrit is so good at marketing and, you know, um, operations and, and she's super creative and amazing and everything that she touches. And so, you know, I really feel like our team was complete when we, we all three got together and we offered such different perspectives and skill set. So it is a directory of birth professionals and just providers of color. And what's super dope about it is like, it's so customizable in like the filters, like people can search by language, they can search by services offered, they can search if a provider takes insurance, you know, different things like that, if a person takes sliding scale, and it just provides this beautiful picture of a person, and there's actual pictures of people. So like, you get to see them. And one thing that like, Emily, myself, and Nick have noticed just like with other um, directories, though there's nothing exactly like this, like other directories of sorts um, for professionals, some don't have pictures. They look incomplete. And we want to create community, not just for the professionals, but for the families that we're wanting to serve. And we're so hyped that like we've, we're we expanding in the New York area, but like eventually, you know, we, we're trying to go nationwide and global and universal and cosmic, you know, all of those things. There's, there's unlimited potential here. And one thing that like is really important to us is to do focus on that one space and like do it really, really well. Um, it took us like a year to get to where we're at now, like over 100 professionals listed and growing, which is super dope. Um, yep. There's my toddler talking about doggies when I'm talking about the directory. So this is mom life. It's not just that directory. It's also an opportunity for professionals to connect and to walk the way our ancestors did and have accountability from elders. And I think that's what really makes us unique is we are, I want to say advice sounds so like corporate. I don't like that, but we are we walk with a council of elders who keeps us keeps us in check, really, and offers wisdom. And it's just such a wonderful thing. And our, our elders are just absolutely, like, amazing human beings. Uh, so that's actually my next question that you're already on is, um, is, so a big part of our work in literally, like, us as individuals is the, is, one foot in one world and the other foot in the other, right? Like one foot in this colonized capitalistic fuck space. Um, and then the other foot in decolonial approaches and right, trying also with interests and investments in dismantling these systems of fuckery. I mean, that was one way of putting it, but I know that both of you are, you know, you practice that, right? Like being in multiple worlds at the same time. So in terms of building this logistically, right, just as you mentioned, Guramre, um, you know, it is like a, a professional organized, right? Like you mentioned coding, right? Like there's, is there an app for this? I forgot. Do you guys have an app too? Or is it just it's a It's not an app, but it is mobile responsive. So we made it, we made it so that it's easy to navigate using the phone. Yeah. It's just, I mean, there's going to be more iterations, but like we wanted to have something that was functional for yeah. our launch um, last month. And it just, it's so awesome to be able to use it. Yeah. Um, at the, in the palm of your hands. 
That's so epic. I'm really glad. And I'm surprised that you invested in that. But my question is, how have you guys woven? I mean, you mentioned um, having, right, having a, a, a team of elders, for example. That's not, that's not westernized notion, right? Like what, what, what um, I guess, yeah, like what decolonial structures or what community-based structures of accountability um, have y'all prioritized in this, in this business model? Like Garamrit said, so on the front end, you know, we have a directory of different professionals of color who are serving families of color in New York City. So anyone who has anything to do with the perinatal period and beyond. So chiropractors, acupuncturists, um, OBGYN, midwife, doula, lactation, any anyone really, um, body worker. Um, and then on the back end, um, we have this community that is kind of the heart and soul of all of this because we don't want to, we didn't want our directory to just be a directory. We wanted to have a community as well and actually know the people that we're referring, <laughs> especially since, you know, Gromrit had said that we lived 10 minutes away from each other when we met. And like, we didn't know each other. We didn't even know we existed prior. So I'm like, how is that possible in New York City that, you know, birth worker, the birth worker community in New York City is already small. And then when you talk about black and indigenous people and people of color, you know, that's even smaller. So we should all be super tight. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> you know? And so I think that like, that was really important to us. And then also one of the privileges that we have having a business in this country, being born from in this country is the opportunity to create whatever we want. And so um, I'm thankful that we didn't have to, like, while we have one foot in the door in capitalism, we could also be like, fuck that. We're going to create and build something completely new. And we don't have to follow anyone's uh, preconceived notions or guidelines or structure because this is a multi-member LLC. And so, um, you know, we could do whatever we want. And whatever we wanted included centering the heartbeats of our community and I think that those heartbeats became even more apparent in the pandemic because we realized how um, important they were. And those people are um, the baby catchers of our community, like the midwives, the herbalists, the healers. And so, um, you know, an elders council, like we can't create a community that comes from me and, and Garamrit and Nicole because, you know, we're in our 30s and what do we know? Very little in comparison. And so, you know, having a community nominated council of elders is really important so that we are unified in our vision and our goals, so that we are held accountable on our founder level, level as well as a practitioner level, on a community advocacy level, right? I often talk about um, one of my favorite African proverbs of like the I see everything but themselves. Like in order for us to sharpen each other and ourselves, we have to have community and people who care about us to put hands on us, to uplift us and tell us when, you know, we're walking astray. And so what would it look like, you know, as black and brown people, if we work together, right, for a common goal and we're not just like, oh, I'm going to do something over here. I'm going to do something over here. Like we have to center these folks, pour into them and, and, and work together on different things. And like, I wonder how far we could go if we are clear in that vision and, and if we, you know, we get back to our traditional ways of that so that we can like recenter ourselves and actually heal, you know, these inequities in healthcare. That was fucking brilliant. 
Uh, G, do you have any, any thoughts you wanted to add or any direction you wanted to take with this thread? I think something that, you know, just jumping, jumping on that little bandwagon, uh, what's super cool about what we've created here, aside from the, this beautiful community that we've created, it's like, Hey, like, tell us what events you have. Like, let us spread the word. Like there's enough space for everyone. And what is, what is that quote? Um, is it a rising tide lifts all boats or something like that? It just makes me think what we've created. Like, yo, tell us your events. Tell us what's new and good. What's on your mind. We want to know. And no one's doing this. And I, I, I really mean that because Emily and I have been in many different spaces together and separately. And we see like, yo, this is really needed. People need this. And when our members come and meet with us monthly, they're like, I really needed this this week. Like we talk about everything from like, yo, I want to have some chickens upstate to, hey, like let's start a book club. Like let's let's talk together. Let's walk together. Like let's read The Untethered Soul. What are some super cool things that you're doing? And what's what's the most interesting thing that you've read this week or heard this week? And I really love that about us. And I'm really excited to see as it grows and like as we just get bigger and what kind of human beings and spiritual beings we attract. One of the things that I find so powerful about this culture that y'all are weaving is it's like tonic. It's, it's a medicine for the toxicity of colonialism, right? Which is, which is a culture. Colonialism is a culture of hyper-individualism, of uh, competition amongst each other. And also, especially with quote-unquote professionalized spaces, there's a sense of entitlement where there's other directories that I've seen um, around, I guess, the country, uh, where you just literally, it's like a monthly fee, you put your shit there, and then that's it, you know, and that's it. And it's all just about referral sources. But what I love is that y'all are providing the logistical support of that structure of having a referral network, but you've built this this culture of, of activation, where part of the expectation is is for people to continue to invest in themselves and their community by showing up to events and and I, I think just especially again in knowing how so many folks who enter birth work went through mainstream training programs right where they're just full of so much caca in their heads about what this work looks like I just love the fact that folks can unlearn these harmful ways of, of being while simultaneously healing themselves just by simply being involved with y'all. Like that is, that is such powerful work. And the other thing that I want to point out too, because I, I, again, I, this vision of this episode is I really wanted folks to just learn some logistics, I guess, or to see, you know, some of the logistics that have contributed to your success. One of the things is how, since y'all are dropping proverbs is the thing that my grandma Johnson says, which is many hands, make light work. And so I just want to point out about how y'all have been dropping names of how many people have come together to help make this vision a reality. And and it is, I imagine, only because of how many hands have come together that y'all are able to be as dynamic and as uh, as abundant as you are. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think that, um, well, one, you, you were talking about prior um, the events. And I think that, that one of the things that I'm really proud of is that the workshops that we're hosting are based on people's requests. 
And so like, you know, we're talking about and planning like um, a headshot party because a lot of people don't have access to headshots. And when we were making these profiles, we realized like how many selfies were coming in and how people really felt discouraged or didn't have the funds necessarily to like hire a whole last photographer. Somebody else asked for like a grant workshop or like, you know, an accountant to meet, like to go over taxes, because that's another part of this work that we don't really know going in is how much admin and operational stuff we have to do when starting a business. And nobody teaches us how to do that. That's a huge learning curve. And so since many of us are doing it, we're like, uh, why don't we just share that, you know, wisdom with each other so that we can um, rise together, as Garamrit said. So you know, when we initially launched, we were doing um, six six months for free. But now that we are fully launched, it is $120 for the year for an individual or $10 a month and uh, $300 a year for like an organization or nonprofit. And they can have up to uh, five individual practitioner profiles underneath that. And that includes like their listing, that includes, you know, event, them attending events, founders brunches, um, a Facebook group that is growing and getting more and more active. And, you know, it's just, it's such a beautiful listing. And one thing that like our team is really excited about is that if this is a brand new practitioner who doesn't have a website yet, this could be their landing page. And it's an opportunity for them to be seen in front of people and for them to just like grow. And it's, it's just such a beautiful page. (laughs) I wish there was a way like, you know, like I would love for everybody to see that, but I'm just so proud of it and, and what it looks like. And it's not just like something that's functional. It's something that's like aesthetically pleasing and it's just, it just works. And, and I want our members to feel proud of it and feel like they have, an opportunity to grow their business. And in future iterations, there's going to be an opportunity for families to submit reviews and other things and for them to save providers to their profile, like anyone that they want to contact. And so like, there's many, many ways that we envision this growing and expanding. Thank you. So for the sake of time, unfortunately, I want to wind down this conversation. However, I would love if y'all would consider coming back because the other thing I'm thinking of is some of the more challenging questions that come up when we are organizing. So um, I wanted to follow up and talk about, you know, Instagram, because that's kind of been the, I don't know, the middle ground throughout this whole conversation. And it wouldn't be possible, like this vision, the bridge directory, um, our upcoming 501c3 component, all that would not be possible if it weren't for Instagram, because not only did we find each other that way, but also we found our, our funders that way. And funders that just saw the the vision and the life and the, I don't know, like the passion behind our projects and saw the transparency in our work um, as doulas. And I I remember particularly this one donor who called me when I was um, visiting my grandma in Baltimore. And she was like, I just love the way that you carry yourself on social media. And here's a check for $30,000, no questions asked so that you can do this vision. And so, you know, I want to be transparent about that too, because while 
yes, like, you know, it was self-funded in the beginning, you know, like 5,000 out of my savings, which was like all the money that I had, you know, throughout the way and like through marketing and, you know, advertising and walking with purpose and intentionality, you know, other people are also like, oh, like, and I think that's something that, that newer people or like people that are in the dream phase um, forget. And they're like, nobody's really paying attention on social media. I feel that way too. I'm like, who cares what I have to say on social media? But the reality is, is that people are really listening and people are watching and you might get the right person who's like, you know what? I don't know what you're building at the bridge, but sounds good to me, but I believe in you. And I believe in, in the way that you walk the world. And I'm going to give you money because there's a lot of money out there, which I also didn't know, you know, so that you can make that come to fruition. Amen. <laughs> Ashe. <laughs> More of that. So on that note of people inserting themselves into this vision, do you all accept anyone who identifies as BIPOC or is there some sort? Because again, you keep on going to the notion of community. Um, so is there a vetting process to make sure that folks are in alignment with your values? We don't just like accept anybody. <laughs> They do have to apply and we have to review it and we have to check them out. And if we don't know them, we are going to have a phone call with them. We're going to have like a, we're going to have a zoom call or something. Um, we're going to talk to them. We're going to be like, Hey, like, let's get to know each other. Like I literally just did this, um, like either last week or the week prior where this was someone that we didn't know. And Emily's like, yo, can you take that? Like, who is this person? Find out what they're about. What do they want to get out of the bridge? And like, we want to know each other. We do. We don't want to just be like, hey, anyone and everyone, please apply to the bridge. Um, though we do want to grow, we also want to know people. Like, who are you? <laughs> yeah. And just to elaborate, like not in a gatekeeping type of exclusive yeah. type of way, but in a like, hey, these are, you know, do you identify as a, a person of color? Um, because white people, for some reason, try it, which is weird. Um, you Wait. know, I'm sorry, what? Yeah, they, we have definitely gotten many messages of like, this is not fair to to not be included like in this, you know? It's like, you need to be invited everywhere. It's like that kid that wasn't, the one kid that wasn't invited to the party or something like that. It's like, come on, y'all. Like, y'all had many parties already. Like, it's our turn. You don't need to open everybody's presents, right? I don't know why ah. I keep on getting surprised by <laughs> It's just fucking ridiculous. I know. Um, so we do have an attestation um, where you self-identify as a Black or Indigenous or person of color um, and, and, and also agree to our values. So you're right, accountability, um, you know, and, and all that is a huge conversation. Thank you all so much. I don't know why I wanted this to be a one-part conversation. This really should be a two-part just because there's so much power here. Um, but I just want to thank you all for the vulnerability that you came with to share your story. I have saved the last and most important question as a closing question. And this is truly the only reason why I really invited you. And that is, in closing, if we were in a zombie apocalypse specifically, which of you would be the best ally and why? Emily, please go first. 
<laughs> I mean, I think that's a really targeted question <laughs> and super loaded between us because we are ultra planners and um, love these types of scenarios in my mind. I mean, so for me, I would say that, um, you know, I always have an emergency bag and a go bag. I'm one of those people, which is, you know, rooted in trauma and survival tactics um, that I know how to fly a plane, how to <laughs> drive a boat. She'll save our, save our us. <laughs> I mean, I'll have a stocked pantry, but I feel like, you know, like all of that extra food and snacks, but like, Emily will be the one to actually save us if a zombie bit us. Oh, yeah. I go hard, you know. Um, I, I, I think that, like, we have different skills. We would need each other just like in life. So I don't know if it's, like, one or the other because we have we have different, different skills that are both needed for, you know, uh, warfare. <laughs> See, I intentionally worded it that way just to show how much you love each other. I fucking knew that the answer wasn't going to be competitive. Like, like this isn't like, like competitive sibling spirit here. At least not, at least y'all haven't presented that. So I fucking knew you'd be like, well, well, let me like, gee, you should bring, you know, anyway. <laughs> well, I feel like Garamrit would like lure them with her food. And then I would like go in for the kill. <laughs> there we go. Thank you all again for being here. And I wish you all the best of luck. Um, y'all make sure to go to birthbruja.com and order your listening platform to look at show notes to learn more specifically about how to follow uh, Emily and Guramle on social media, as well as links to the Bridge directory. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Birth Bruja podcast. Be sure to check out show notes for a list of resources mentioned during today's episode. Are you interested in learning more about the intersections discussed today? Visit birthbruja.com. We are an online educational platform devoted to decolonial approaches to healing and reproductive care. Offerings range from pre-recorded courses, ebooks, live workshops, and more. Want to keep this podcast running? First, be sure to subscribe and leave a review on your favorite listening platform. Second, visit birthbruja.com and check out our store to purchase apparel with one of many badass designs. Until next time, friends, thank you for all the ways you show up in this world. Blessings and gratitude.